You've stopped in at the guidepost. Brought to you by the American Saltwater Guides Association. Stock up on gear, grab a coffee at the counter, and get ready to hear incredible fish stories from the best captains on the East Coast and thought-provoking conversations with stakeholders and policymakers working to protect these fisheries. This podcast is presented by Costa Sunglasses. Hey, listeners. We're extremely invested in building the Guidepost as a platform for productive discussion around fisheries management and could use your help. If you could give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify, that'd be greatly appreciated. We have to continue to build this army of engaged stakeholders. Tie lines. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Guidepost. This is our fourth episode and our reaction to this week's state hearings on the public information document for striped bass. We have uh, our executive director, Willie Goldsmith, as well as our president, John McMurray, who is also the legislative proxy commissioner for the state of New York. Um, let me let me turn it over to these guys for a second. Thanks, Tony. It's Willie. It's uh, great to be back for another episode. Uh, we have just completed the Connecticut public hearing. I think that makes three for, three for the week. We had Maryland on Monday, New York yesterday, Connecticut tonight. Uh, lots to discuss. I think we're going to focus on the Connecticut hearing tonight, but also, you know, talk more broadly about kind of how the hearings have been going. And uh, Tony, I'll kick it back to you. You know, how did you think? Uh, how did you think things went tonight in Connecticut? Well, I I think the first comment that I would have is that Justin Davis did an excellent job answering some difficult questions. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Yep, really bright guy. Um, John, you you know him. Uh, as a commissioner. So I think you have a lot of interaction with him. Um, how, what did you think of Justin tonight? Yeah, I, I think Justin's a very smart guy. Um, you know, that, that said, he tends to be very bureaucratic. Uh, he, he did, did a great job answering questions tonight, but you know, uh, guy responsible for giving us that, uh, slot limit that you know we all kind of thought was not such a great idea and it, and you know it it did save a lot of fish this year absolutely um but will it save a lot of fish next year when those fish recruit into that that slot and and he he says things like you know uh the tr one of the trade-offs to increasing the striped bass population is that they're going to eat all our river herring uh, and, and that's understandable because he's a, he's a scientist. That's, that's the way he thinks. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a smart guy. I think he did well tonight. And, um, uh, I, I think he answered some very difficult questions in a way that most people can understand. Uh, but I also think we still have to kind of, as a, uh, not, not speaking as a commissioner, but as an organizational representative that we, we still have to push on him. You know, he we're not sure what sort of decision he's going to make or, or where he's going to go with Amendment 7. Uh, so we still have to kind of apply that pressure or, or else he's going to, you know, side with 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 other states who don't want to do the right thing. So that's just kind of my off the cuff, uh, you know, assessment of, of what he said tonight. No, that's that's really helpful, John. Um, Willie, what was your what was your takeaway from tonight? Yeah, Tony, I, th I thought tonight was really interesting because, you know, I think 
as we've heard in, in many of the previous hearings, you know, a lot of the folks were kind of, frankly, you know, supporting largely what our positions are, right, in terms of managing this fishery for abundance, the value of a lot of fish in the water. That being said, you know, there were some folks who certainly value harvest and, you know, ASGA is not an anti-harvest group. And we, reckon, we recognize that, that some people value that. But what was interesting was, you know, across the board, I think there was kind of a universal agreement that this is not the right time for this amendment. It was really interesting to kind of hear, you know, as folks understood the uncertainty in and, you know, the impact of Addendum 6 in the two, in 2020 removals, kind of the lack of information there and the fact that the stock assessment is going to be delayed for another year. Um, there was really a lot of questioning as to whether now is the appropriate time for, for Amendment 7. I know that's something that a lot of us, you know, internally at ASGA have chatted about as well. You know, of course, we've provided detailed comments on the amendment, recognizing that you know, the board has voted to to move the amendment forward and we want to be constructive in that conversation. But I thought it was pretty inter interesting to hear that kind of across the board view that this was not the right time for, uh, to be initiating kind of this wholesale view of the fishery and potentially revisiting some pretty fundamental elements of it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, so, you know, New Jersey's the last meeting tomorrow night and, and I think we have a, a little bit to talk about with New York, but um, my takeaway after listening to every one of these meetings up and down the coast is I, I think I've heard definitely less than six, probably like four or five comments that suggested, you know, it's time to lower the reference points. I, I need to kill more fish. Um, it, it, the numbers are staggering. And, and I know... Um, a lot of folks are uh, a lot of folks are reading our position uh, and definitely taking cues from that. We can hear it throughout the comments, so that's something that we're really proud about. Um, you know, now let's let's think about New York for a second. And I know uh, you know John and I and and Willie have talked about this, and you know we got some thoughts on thoughts on New York and and folks please just consider this almost like a training session because we're just getting into this this is the pid the amendment hasn't come out you know we're going to need you again in a couple of months when, whenever the amendment's approved so um so yeah let's let's talk about new york for a second john um in your unique spot as a commissioner um two questions what did you think of the meeting last night and from a listener's perspective, what's the best best way to make comments as a your commissioner listening? So, like, tell the listeners what's the best way to reach you. So, so I think the first thing I'd like to note is that I I've yet to hear a comment in support of conservation equivalency. That, that seems to be an across the board, every single stakeholder understands that one or two states take advantage of this, and it's really screwing up management on a coastal level. And everybody seems to agree that we either have to get rid of it or we have to put serious parameters on it. Uh, you know, I, I don't know about, I haven't been on all the hearings, but I've been on some of them. I haven't heard any opposition to, to getting rid of it or, or, or uh, you know, making sure it's used correctly. Um, 
to your question about uh, what's the the proper way to comment, what, what I heard in New York and to some extent in uh, Connecticut is that uh, you know a lot of folks, particularly during the question period, want to kind of get out uh, concerns they have that are not related to the amendment. And I think in particular, the, the meeting last night almost got derailed by a handful of people advocating for um, Minhagen conservation. And, and on its face, that's a good thing, but this is not the action. Uh, this is not the amendment where we could take care of like closing down state waters to persane fishing in Virginia and Maryland. It's just so John, John, say that again. John, closing down what water? Well, the folks, did you said you said state water, right? Yeah. So, so the folks, uh, so so hold on. My point here is, you said it's state waters. Why? How can the commission deal with something that's going? I mean, that's not. They they really can't manage that. It's a decision that Virginia has to make, and I know this because bills have been in the Virginia legislature for decades um to do things like this and and that's where you have to get it done so i guess what you're saying is mentioning it on a public information document for stripe ash isn't really effective uh, yeah that's true i mean theoretically the commission could require uh the state of virginia or any coastal state or they could ask for them to shut down their state waters but uh, the odds of them Doing that and the odds of that request being successful, because as you mentioned, it has to go through the legislature, are, are really low. Um, so in my humble opinion, I think it's a little bit of a waste of time. It's a waste of the commission's time. It's a waste of the public hearing time to try to insist on something like that, particularly when it, it has nothing to do. Well, that's not true. Uh it does have something to do with rebuilding. Of course, we, we need a, a healthy Manhattan population to sustain a rebuilding striped bass stock, but it's not going to rebuild the striped bass stock on its own. You can't just uh, cut back on Manhattan harvest and expect the striped bass fishery to rebound. It doesn't work like that. And John, John, I want to, I want to jump, I want to jump in real quick too. Yeah. Just cause I think, you know, in this, as we think about the fact that, you know, we're kind of wrapping up the the public hearings right now, we're going to be moving toward kind of the final stretch of written comments with a couple of weeks to go. And, you know, it can be, it can be challenging to remember that, you know, these hearings are, they're by each state, but they're for the commission. So they're for informing the commission's decision-making. And so I think your point is correct that in many of these hearings, you know, we've heard kind of parochial state issues come up. And I think closing closing state waters to Manhattan fishing is a good example of that. And it's important to remember that, yes, this is a hearing that's organized by state and to, to try to get input, but the input is on the commission-wide management uh, you know, management decisions at the Amendment 7 level. And so it's important to keep comments focused on that. And I mentioned that because, you know, we are going to have a couple more weeks of written comments here. And I think it's a lot more intuitive in the written comments to stay focused on the amendment because you're speaking to the Stripe Bass Board as a whole. You're not speaking to your individual state commissioner or commissioners. But the intent of the hearings at the state level is exactly the same. It's to get input on the amendment and not on these state issues. Yeah. So just to add to that, the questions should be restricted to the presentations offered 
and the comments should be restricted to the alternatives or the options in this case in the amendment. Um, otherwise, the commissioners are less likely to to heed those those comments. Yes, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's probably also worth mentioning, uh, Tony, I don't know if, if you wanted to if you wanted to chat about this as well. But certainly at the New York hearing, as you guys have discussed, there was a lot of a, a lot of commenting around Manhattan management. And I think we need to remember that this is a striped bass amendment. And we had a huge amount of work that went into the adoption of ecological reference points by the Manhattan Management Board last August. That was a huge decision that, you know, took a lot of work. We were certainly very involved in trying to garner public support across the spectrum, commercial, recreational, environmental, really getting folks in support of that. But we need to remember that Manhattan are not the reason why striped bass are overfished. Overfishing is the reason why striped bass are overfished. Ultimately, striped bass could get to an even higher level once they're rebuilt if we have a robust Manhattan stock. But to address the immediate issue of where the stock is, which is at a 25-year low, we need to curb fishing mortality. We need to end overfishing. And so, yes, John, uh, Willie, go ahead. let me tell you something, buddy. Um, what you just said lines up with my fishing experiences on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, when myco became real prevalent, mycobacteriosis is always present. It just attacks weak fish. Um, it, it, at a certain point when I guess there was a pretty prevalent myco outbreak in the Chesapeake Bay, Vims did a study and it was believed somewhere around 70% of the striped bass had myco. And, um, <clears throat> you know, it's a chronic wasting disease. And it was kind of tracked back to malnutrition. So when it was most prevalent was when the striped bass population was at the highest. And it was also before guys like me and John and, and other, other great groups worked on Menhaden management all the way back in 2012, uh, pre-2012, when we, when we got the first reductions, um, when 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 there started to actually be regulations on the fishery um and and, and we watched menhaden come back and and mycobacteriosis uh, become a lot less prevalent um you know it, it happened when the population was at the highest and the menhaden fishery was cranking along pretty good uh menhaden are not a huge concern right now i mean we got the erps established and frankly, you know, my message to Menhaden advocates uh, is, is pretty simple. You know, they're they're part they're, they're now intertwined with striped bass. So if there's more striped bass in the water, there needs to be more Menhaden in the water by regulation. So don't you want more striped bass in the water? Like you know, you're coming to the striped bass meetings and you're saying there needs to be more Menhaden. If if you kind of knew how the system worked, you would come to the meeting and say, "I want a huge population of striped bass." And to your point, Tony, you know, I, I don't think we want to spend too too much time on Manhattan. But to your point, you know, the ERP, the, the model that's being used right now, is not the be all end all model, right? It's going to continue to get updated. It's going to continue to evolve. And your point around aspirations is a really important one, and that's something that we need to keep in mind as we consider. Uh, moving ahead and, you know, considering all of these, all of these management actions in concert. Uh, one thing I'd like to add, if I may, is that 
you know, I, I don't want to bash all these comments that are not directed specifically to the amendment because I think they are having some effect. And I think they clearly show that people are pissed off about, uh, you know, how we've proceeded down this road with striped bass. There are plenty of warning signs, plenty of opportunity for action to correct a situation that's gotten progressively worse. And the board did not do that. And I think the public comment has been clear that people are not cool with that. They're, they're upset about it. And while those comments aren't necessarily directed to the alternatives, I think the folks at the, the staff and commissioners are hearing loud and clear that uh, people don't like this. And uh, it's an impression and my experience as a commissioner is that when you have these, these hospitality meetings uh, or these uh, administrative meetings, that that's what's discussed is that impression. And, and, and it's always baffled me how the pro-harvest party charter guys have been able to kind of dominate the conversation. That's because they, they make the most noise and they're the most pissed off because they can't kill enough fish. Well, you know, that's kind of the other way around with this action, people are pissed off that they, that they haven't been keeping enough fish in the water. And uh, I think that will carry some weight when decisions are made. I, I could be wrong, but that's my initial impression at this point. We'll see. No, really appreciate that, John. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, like, where do we go from here? We have the New Jersey meeting tomorrow night. How do you think that's going to go, John? Um, Jersey is like the armpit of the East coast. So I suspect it won't go well. Um, I, I don't, maybe it's something in the water with that state. Like, you know, they're, they don't understand what, you know, is going to happen next year or the year after. Uh, but, but we also have some, some good folks in New Jersey. Uh, we have some really good, uh, captains and, and, and particularly the surf casting community down there. Uh, is really outspoken and really good. The question is whether or not that sort of sentiment will will over. It's traditionally been a, a pro-harvest state uh, at any cost. Um, so I, I'm I'm interested to see if I if I was a betting man, I'd say that the the overwhelming number of comments will uh, favor adjusting the reference points and uh, keeping conservation equivalency as is. But I'm certainly wrong sometimes, more, probably more times than I'd like to admit. Uh, hopefully I, I'm wrong on this one. And I think, John, I think, Tony, I think you've been to every single hearing so far. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think at many, you know, it's all about who shows up, right? Uh, Maryland's hearing was was Monday night and the the Manage for Abundance crowd really showed up in force and did not favor CE. And, you know, did not favor changing the reference points. And I don't think it's I don't think it's out of, beyond the realm of possibility to think that something similar could happen tomorrow night. And needless to say, that is not the only message that the striped bass board is necessarily going to get from New Jersey. You have written comments, you have individual stakeholder meetings with board members and, and all of those other elements. But I think it's entirely possible that, you know, there's going to be a, a, a very pro abundance crowd that shows up tomorrow night as well. So it'll be interesting to see kind of who, you know, who decides to take the time out of their Thursday night to, to be part of the meeting. That's a, that's a, a really good uh, point that you made Willie. And, and perhaps New Jersey has gone the way it's gone in years past because the wrong folks are showing. Uh, you know, the, 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 the 
party charter of the Pro Harvest Fleet has traditionally been very good at showing up where we haven't. And, and I kind of feel like after attending the meetings that I did attend that that may be changing, but we will see. Like, like Willie said, I've been to, I've been to every meeting uh, and, and more than anything, I just wanted to get a feel for which, where each state was coming from. Um, and like I said, in the beginning of the podcast, probably only heard like four or five comments that weren't restore these fish as quickly as possible. Get rid of CE. Don't lower the reference points. We don't need flexibility. Flexibility is a four letter word. We need to bring these fish back as quickly uh, back as quickly as possible. So, you know, I think the I think the message is getting out there. It's overwhelming what the public wants, and you know, I, I really wonder what's going to happen once the meeting take place takes place because there's two things: the side, you know these these meetings, these hearings did not happen in person, and um, and I think people felt more compelled to comment because, you know, I, I know these meetings are different in every state, but some states, there's a lot of intimidation that goes on, a lot of cat calling, you know, name calling and people, you know, especially new people who are just getting into it. They don't want any part of that. They don't want to stand up and talk. And now you're hearing a lot of, I think you're hearing a lot of the conservation community that isn't being intimidated at these in-person meetings. I mean, I, I could tell you stories and I, I won't waste your time with them, but sometimes it's, sometimes it's out of control. I mean, you know, there, there's a, there's a pretty significant police officer presence at these meetings. Uh, generally, I know in Maryland and I, and I know in New York as well. So my read on it is that I don't, I don't think the pro harvest side really embraces technology. Um, I think they'd rather go to the in-person meetings they certainly didn't show up for these meetings. I'm sure they're reaching out with letters or emails. But um, in all my years of doing this, I, I haven't seen everyone we're saying it a little bit different, but everyone's saying the same thing. And, and I think the striped bass population has gotten to a point so low and so many people are concerned about it that it really it's a tipping point with ASMFC. I think there's I think a lot of people have confidence issues. Um, not in the staff, but in the, in the striped bass management board, um, pretty significant issues. We hear them all the time. And I, I just feel in my heart, like, you know, the social side of things, the people are, are, are starting to really get concerned. And, and if they don't do something significant in the right direction, you know, it's, it, it, it's not going to be good for anything. So I'm just wondering if y'all, so like we're not hearing from uh, the pro harvest crowd because I don't really think they embrace technology. And I think we're hearing more conservation because people aren't intimidated. And I think we're reaching a tipping point where their backs are against the wall. And I think they almost know that they have to do the right thing. So what do y'all from, from the meetings y'all have been on, what's your read on that? So if I may, Willie, I, I think you're hundred percent correct because at the New York meetings there's three or four people that will boo and get the crowd all riled up when somebody gets up and tries to give an informed comment uh, and I think that's prohibited a lot of folks from commenting in the past um, but my next uh, 
comment or, or issue is that whether or not the board is going to listen, because traditionally there's been some question on whether or not they do listen. And uh, my reaction to that would be that, yes, they, they do listen and they do take it into account. Um, um, some of these commissioners still seem to be, they've been in administrators and, and bureaucrats for so long, they still think that there's this uh, uh, silent majority that still wants to kill fish. Um, but whether or not this persuades them otherwise, and you would certainly think that it would, remains in question. And, and that's something that we'll only be able to determine uh, as things progress. And uh, we certainly heard from the public. The public does not want to kill more striped bass. They want coastal opportunity. They want coastal abundance so they can to either torture and release this fish or, or, or kill them. Uh, they don't want to be able to kill a lot of fish. They don't. And that's pretty goddamn clear. And I hope that the commissioners can see that. I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's it's hard to ignore what we've heard over the past couple of weeks. There's a, a lot of support for managing for abundance and a small handful of comments that I've heard otherwise. Obviously, we're not going to know the full extent of the public comment until we, you know, until we have the meeting materials in hand and we can see what everybody has written as well as what they've said. I know, you know, some folks like me might like to might like to write their comments out, whereas others might want to speak their comments. And so when we get all that material, we'll really be able to see everything. But certainly when we see it all there in black and white, I think it's going to uh, be pretty enlightening and pretty eye opening if, if the commission decides to move in a different direction, despite the overwhelming evidence that the public doesn't want that. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of where where we go from here. And, you know, I wanted to just use that as an opportunity to remind folks that uh, as we're talking right now, we've got about two and a half weeks until the public comment deadline, which is on April 9th. Tomorrow night, again, is new, the New Jersey hearing. That's March 25th. But that's the last opportunity for for verbal comment, for speaking your thoughts during a hearing. But there's a couple more weeks for, for writing your comments in. So I just want to give folks a reminder of that before we before we move on here. Yeah, so I, I think it's also become clear at these hearings that the public has lost or is losing faith in the commission process because they feel like they're representing some sort of silent minority or majority and uh they feel like they know better than the public and and the public is sitting by thinking that this system is broken what's uh what's your read on that tony i john i couldn't agree more you know um it, it seems that it seems that this very small group of people, you know, is they they feel that they have the right to ignore overwhelming public comment from fishermen who contribute to the economy. Um, you know, does everyone say everything perfect? No. Um, or did they do they have as much as many science classes as the fisheries directors? No. But they're participating. So it's called a public process, man, and they're participating in it. And and people are starting to feel like these state directors are patting them on the head and telling them what good little boys and girls they are, and just ignoring them and shooing them, right? Telling them to leave while the adults talk. And and I guess my I would like to send a reminder to all of them that they work for us. 
And, and, you know, it's funny because you're, you know, you hear these comments like, oh my gosh, why is the public losing faith in us? We, we go out of our way. We try so hard. That's like, well, you that's why. Cause you're, you're making them feel like you're patting them on the head and tell them be a good little boy or girl and go in your room and play while the adults talk. And, um, you know, this fishery is all of ours. And if, if, if this comes back, unless New Jersey turns the tide, there's going to probably going to be a hundred comments and four of them said that either striped bass weren't in trouble or they need to change the reference points or recreational fishermen need to fish on odd and even days. That's probably my favorite. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you're talking about almost like a hundred percent of the comments. And if that doesn't move some of these managers, I I'd just like them to know that they're just proving the public, right? And that's, that's the ugly truth of it. You know, and if you wonder why people are frustrated there, there's the secret. So that's how, that's my read on it, John. All right, guys. Well, I, I think let's leave it there. Obviously, we're going to have a lot more with Stripe Bass coming up in the next several months. And of course, the amendment process isn't going to be completed until sometime in 2022. So a lot of time to continue these conversations. And I think you guys have raised a lot of really good points. And just a reminder again, that public comments are due on Friday, April 9th. Uh, that's about two and a half weeks from now. And if you do want to be entered into a raffle that the Saltwater Edge is hosting, please cc stripercomments at gmail.com when you submit your comments to the ASMFC and we'll enter you into that raffle. And uh, hopefully you can get some, some pretty cool gear uh, for your time to comment. Again, it doesn't matter what your comments are about. We just want to make sure people are engaging in the process. So with that, I think we're we're probably good to wrap this one up, guys. And, you know, we'll certainly look forward to connecting with folks as, as this process continues to unfold. 